Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pelvic Matters. I'm your host, Marina Castellanos, a pelvic floor physical therapist for women and children in Westchester County, New York. If you are a pregnant woman or are someone who is planning to become pregnant and wondering about dual services, you'll love this episode today. Today, I have Kristen Kessler on the show. Kristen is a master's mentee at Manhattan Birth, a certified birth and postpartum doula, and an integrative feeding and lactation specialist. She's a current member of Donna International and a pre-postnatal performance training specialist through Pronatal Fitness. Kristen works with birthing people who seek additional support before, during, and after the longest marathon of their lives, giving birth. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you for having me, Marina. Okay, so... Why don't we start off with telling listeners what exactly is a doula? So a doula is kind of like the support that your mom, your sister, your best friend, your partner would give you um, when you're sick or when you need an extra hand. Um, It's someone who specifically in birth um, is there to support emotional physical and mental help um, for you. um, And that looks different to everyone. Um, So some people want comforting touch during uh, the first stage or the second stage of labor. Other people want um, motivation, sort of like a cheerleader next to you telling you that, you know, you can do this, this is how you're going to do it, Um, you know, sort of reinforcing your strength, reinforcing your abilities, and also providing any kind of comfort um, and suggestion to help you feel better, um, help you sustain your energy, and help you get through it. Okay. And what made you decide to go into this line of work? Um, Well, at 15 years old, I knew that I wanted to have an at-home water birth. And I don't think that many 15 or, I mean, I don't know how many, but um, it was just something that really spoke to me. I read about it in, I think, Cosmo magazine. Um, Yeah. And so um, it was something that really spoke to me and it made a lot of sense. Um, I always have known that I've wanted to have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I've been um, in the hospital scene a lot uh, for my family members. I've had a couple of surgeries. Um, so I know what it can look like in a stressful situation in um, the hospital. And that is, you know, comforting and very, like a safe place for many people because, you know, there are so many certified professionals and, you know, there are so many people there who are there for a reason. And, um, you know, hospital is a great place to give birth if that's what you want. And many, I think it's like 3% of home births in the United States. Um, that's the, that's what the makeup is of it. 3% of people have home births um, and then the rest are in hospitals. But for me, it made a lot of sense after what I have seen in my life. Um, and it still makes a lot of sense to me. So that was sort of like the first idea that I had, like, oh, this is different and speaks to me. And then I became a nanny and I was a babysitter for a long time. Um, And when I was 18 years old, I was actually helping a family friend um, transition from her parental leave and going back to work. 
Um, and just seeing how difficult that was for her at the beginning stage between the separation and the pumping schedules and the feeding schedules. And um, I was actually partial live-in. And this was between um, the summer I graduated high school and the summer um, or the time when I had just graduated high school before I started college. Um, so I, yeah, I was pretty young seeing this, you know, for the first time, um, especially living, partially living in. Um, and it was just also kind of um, an eye opener as to how difficult it can be, um, you know, not just transitionally, but on someone's body. Um, you know, waking up in the middle of the night and doing feedings and relying on their partner for certain things or, or not being able to rely on a partner for certain things. Um, you know, everything had to be ready. So it was my job to make sure that she was set up for success at home and then also so she could go to work, you know, refreshed and all of that. Um, and then, you know, I kind of told myself I'm going to, you know, finish college and I'm going to go into the corporate world and this is what I have my mindset on. And then I realized kind of like 15 years later, um, this isn't where I belong. I always thought that there was something wrong with me um, and I wasn't doing enough or I wasn't qualified enough or I wasn't trying hard enough. So it was like this, you're not enough, you're not enough. Um, and despite, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and making more money every year and, you know, advancing and getting my master's and HR and certifications and all of this, you know, fluff, basically, I still didn't feel like what I was doing was really helping anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in my, my current position, I am in charge of payroll and benefits. And it's important, obviously, everyone needs to get paid and wants to get paid and you can't mess up anyone's paycheck. Um, and it's also important to know about, you know, your health insurance and how to use it correctly. But to me, it still didn't feel like this is where I belonged. And I felt like I was acting in this position. And then in my doula life and the caretaker side of things, I wasn't and I am not acting. Um, so it really said to me, this is where you should be. This is your purpose in life. Um, and supporting people and showing up for people authentically when you know they can't even articulate what they need um, and knowing you know sort of just intrinsically and in, with my intuition I, I try to do my best in order to support my clients um, and help them along the way and every day is different um, for someone who is either um, you know pregnant just given birth or even six months postpartum. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, all those different stages, you know, pregnancy, postpartum, I mean, there's just so much difference with the physical demand, the emotional demand, the mental demand, um, you know, demands from work life, whatever else, you know, that person has going on. So, you know, the more support, you know, people have the better. And yeah. you really kind of knew this path for yourself when you were, you know, pretty young. I mean, yeah. I don't think I can think of any other 15 year old girls who <laughs> are deciding on, you know what? I definitely want to have a water birth. <laughs> it just made so much sense. Like, you know, the, the baby is in an amniotic sack Yeah. in, you know, and it's, it's filled with fluid and the 
it, it, you know, it sounds a little dramatic to call it trauma, but the trauma of childbirth and a lot of people do experience the trauma in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, but the trauma that the baby experiences after the, uh, amniotic sac breaks. So your, you know, your water breaks and then they're, they're heading on down. It made so much sense to me to welcome them into the world in water. So that was sort of, you know, like um, a natural transition. Yeah. yeah. And then I learned about, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said, absolutely. I get it. I think, um, you know, I think it does make a lot of sense. I definitely, you know, and I know that's not an option for everybody and that's not mm -hmm. everybody's comfort zone. Like you said, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's 100% okay. I think, yeah. um, you know, doing what feels right to you is really the most important thing and knowing where you'll be the most, you know, at ease and the most comforted. Yes. Um, and I know you mentioned before that doula support looks a little bit different for everybody, mm -hmm. depending on the person, but can you give yeah. people, you know, just maybe some examples of how you've supported people in the past during labor? Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I always carry with me what I call like my Mary Poppins doula bag. Um, and in there, you know, I carry hair ties or chapstick or massage um, lotion, essential oils, uh, a peanut ball, a birthing ball. So some people, you know, want um, a hip squeeze, which can help to alleviate pressure um, while they're going through contractions mm -hmm. or riding the wave through contractions. Some people want their shoulders massaged because they feel so tense and then the rest of their body is so tense and they can't relax and, you know, therefore their labor um, can be extended if, you know, they're holding on to some tension in their body. Other people don't want to be touched. Other people just want to be coached through their contractions, coached through the process of, okay, this doctor is coming in and they're going to ask you these questions. It's up to you and your partner, if, if there is a partner present, um, to make that call. I will give them my experience and what I know about it. If I don't have experience in, you know, what the doctor is saying to them or what they're trying to make a decision on, I don't tell them that I do have experience there. You know, I'm very honest with my clients, um, always upfront and say, you know, I have a scope and I still have things to learn. Um, so I have a, an arsenal of, um, really reliable and knowledgeable experts that I can sort of phone a friend and, you know, call in the experts because um, I'm still learning. Everyone is still learning. And I do my best to get the information for them so that they can make the most informed decision for themselves. Um, a lot of people will say that doulas are their advocate, um, but we're really, uh, the way I like to look at is it, at it as we're helping people advocate for themselves. Um, so oftentimes there are these power differentials in medical situations where people just think that, you know, the doctor knows everything. And the doctor, if the doctor is saying this, then you must do this. Um, where I like to remind my clients that they're in charge of their body and they are in charge of um, making the decision that is best for them. And if they agree with the doctor, that's great, you know, and, and if that's how they feel most comfortable um, making their decisions, if the doctor says this, then we're going to do that. A lot of people want that. Many, most people want that. Um, 
but if they want to sort of hear the benefits, the risks, <clears throat> the alternatives, um, interventions, um, and then, so it's a brain, it's the brain acronym. So I sort of go through all of that benefits, risks, um, alternatives, interventions, what if we do nothing, and then solutions. Um, so if they're having trouble making a decision, that's sort of how I, I coach them through it. Um, but a lot of it is remembering that they're in charge of their body. This is, you don't get a second chance at, you know, this delivery. Um, so it's important for someone to make an informed decision as best that they can. Excellent. Um, I think that all sounds amazing. I think every woman um, needs some kind of support going through, you know, labor and delivery. And then in terms of, you know, for the people out there who are doing this with a partner, a husband, mm -hmm. you know, whoever that is, and how, how does doula support, how does that take into account, you know, the partner and what they're bringing mm -hmm. to the table? So there's often people who think that a doula is replacing your partner. And that just simply, in my opinion, isn't true because I try to look at it as a trio of support. You know, you're, you're a team, basically. Um, and what I like to do is during my prenatal appointments and then also when we're at the hospital or when I'm at the person's home, if they're laboring before they go to the hospital or if it's a home birth, um, I do check in with the partner. I ask them, you know, um, prenatally, excuse me, what is keeping them up at night? What are their biggest fears about this pregnancy or this birth um, that, you know, <clears throat> the postpartum period um, to sort of gauge on their, get a temperature of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, because it's not just the, the person who is pregnant, who is going through all of this. They, you know, have 98% of the burden, right? <clears throat> um, and, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> um, but it, you know, it, it does take two um, to make, typically <laughs> to make a baby. Um, and they're just as important through this process. And I tell, also tell my clients that they know their partner the best and I know birth. Um, so it's important for them to help, um, you know, listen and communicate with their partner as best as they can. Cause sometimes you can't communicate um, during birth or during a contraction, during the labor. And so that's when the partner and I can really rely on each other for support for the person who's giving birth. Um, so that we can help them feel as supported as possible. Um, so the communication, um, having a little bit of back work and our history in terms of understanding what um, they need, how they communicate with their partner and what their hopes, fears, desires are for this um, birth and pregnancy are is really important to me. Absolutely, and I think having you know, that extra support just to facilitate the communication, you know, during the prenatal time and definitely during labor. I mean, I can just see that as being so helpful and, you know, such a source of calm for women during yeah. what can be a very, um, like you said before, you know, traumatic and, mm -hmm. um, you know, just crazy, <laughs> absolutely crazy time. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it really is. I mean, going through you know, labor and delivery is just, um, you know, it just throws your world upside down. So I think having, you know, as many resources as we can possibly have to help us get through that, you know, to get through that time, is just, um, you know, the better, you know, the more, the better. 
Yeah. And oftentimes the partner is more nervous about it than the person who's giving birth is, um, you know, because they, they feel like it's not their body and they don't have any control really. But it's also important to remember that baby's in charge, um, you know, and as, as many people have birth plans from A to Z, those sometimes just fly out the window, yep. um, you know, so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my birth plan just like flew right out the window. <laughs> so, and I had said to my doctor, you know, I said, well, they're real. It's really like birth preferences. I yes. The baby needs to come out safely and soundly. I said, that's my, you know, my number one goal. So I'm looking back, I'm pretty sure like nothing I asked for at my birth plan, you know, actually happens, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter was born safe and sound, which is what I wanted. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think looking back now, you know, of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So looking back, you know, different choices I maybe would have made or different things I would have mm -hmm. done to prepare, um, you know, you do what you can, but like the best information that you have at the time. Um, exactly. But I think part of this and, and for somebody who really is interested in hiring a doula um, for birthing and delivery, you know, what, what would be some of the questions that you should ask? Because I would think you know, this is a really, you know, intimate time for mm -hmm. a person, especially going through their first delivery. Yes. You know, they've never done this before. <laughs> um, you know, how do you know that this is the person that you're going to want to have with you in that delivery room? So a for me, it's an energy match. Um, you know, I could interview a bunch of people and they could all want to hire me. But if I don't feel like it's an energy match, um, then I will turn the client down. And I, I say that to my clients all the time. Um, you know, if you don't feel like we're connecting, if you don't feel like we could sit down and coffee talk for three hours, um, you know, and not about labor and delivery, then it's probably not the best kind of match. It's kind of like dating, honestly. Um, you know, you sort of intrinsically know um, if this person is going to sort of be on your same level in terms of um, thought, processes and thinking or thought processes and, and planning. And, um, you just get that feeling. And so, you know, I, I, I get some of the same questions that people can Google, right. And it's like five questions to ask a doula. If you're interviewing them, how many births have you attended? What's your training been like? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how many, um, vaginal births versus cesarean births have you attended? Um, you know, what do you do in this situation? And, um, you know, what, what's your area of expertise or how much do you, you know, it's sometimes it's really technical questions. Um, and then sometimes people are just like, okay, so tell me about you. And then it's more about, you know, me as a person and how I show up. Um, so people, I think can use their best judgment, right? So if they are someone who feels comfortable with, um, you know, having these questions and these, all of these, there's no unfair question, I think in this, because again, like you said, it is very intimate. Um, you know, you don't get a second chance at this um, and you want someone who you can really rely on and trust. So I think um, asking someone how they build and maintain relationships is important, um, both professional relationships and personal relationships, um, because how people handle those two different types of relationships can look very different. Okay. And this is both a personal and a professional 
relationship. You know, there, there are personal boundaries, mm-hmm. but, you know, I would say 75% professional and 25% personal um, in that respect. And um, so I think, you know, how they uh, develop, maintain, and nurture relationships is an important question to ask. Um, the number of births attending might be um, important to some people. And for other people, it's it's not a question that comes up. And then for some people, it is a question that does come up um, with every doula that they interview with. Um, so if that is, if, if the breadth of experience is, is important to someone, then I would definitely say, ask that question. Mm-hmm. Um, the type of training that they have had, because in the U S you do not have to have any kind of license or certification to show up and say you're someone's doula. Um, now with COVID some hospitals and some birthing centers are asking for proof of certification or proof of identification and training. Um, but some are not so where you get your training from if you do have training um, can be a question that some people ask Um, the the major um, certifying body is dona um, which we you had mentioned earlier that's where i got my first training and certification from Um, and it's it stands for doulas of north america Um, and it's a very extensive um, process there's a lot of classes there's a lot of um, reading and writing submissions um, to do. I chose to go a little bit different after my first um, certification and training with them where I took training um, that looked beyond just birth. Um, You know, it focused on postpartum and not just same sex um, couples. And so um, I, I feel like if you want to get as much education as you can and um you know i think really doing your homework on the certifying body and who the the um instructors are is important too because that again is also um, a match of how you're going to um take in the information and then apply it when you're in this situation so i definitely think resources and where the person got their Training, if they get training, um, is a viable and sometimes expected question. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, and, that makes that makes sense. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the first things that I would ask somebody. Um, yeah. You know, that I have asked somebody is about you know their training and definitely the number of births, but then also, mm-hmm. um, like you mentioned before, you know, is this an energy match? Just kind of getting to know the person a little bit and just seeing yeah. if you're kind of compatible in that way before. Mm-hmm. You know, you have somebody that you don't like ending up in the hospital with you and, you know, seeing you at your most vulnerable. Um, right. Really yeah. what, you know, which is really what birth and delivery are. It's just, you're just at your most vulnerable, um, yeah. you know, and you really want somebody there who's going to support and empower you, um, yes. you know, to make the process all the more, you know, tolerable and easier and, um, you know, and just make it the best that it can be. I think so many moms come away from childbirth with trauma, whether it's mm-hmm. big trauma, little trauma, I've done, a, I've done podcast episodes on that in the past. Um, yeah. So to have that support system to try to minimize that, you know, in any way, I think it's mm-hmm. just, um, you know, I think it's just so valuable. So I definitely yeah. resonate with just, 
you know, trying to find somebody who's the right, the right energy and it's going to bring that, you know, during um, labor and delivery, wherever it is, whether it's in a birthing center, a hospital at home, you know, where, wherever. Um, right. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I think, I think one of the other questions um, that I have gotten also is, um, how do you handle stressful situations, which I think is also kind of like a typical um, job interview question. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is something that can be expected, I think, um, especially if some more like type A personalities, they want to know, you know, how you're going to control the situation. Um, and honestly, in birth, anything can happen, right? So it's kind of just like, you know, as the doula, as the person that they're looking at for all the support and all, well, not all of the support, but a lot of the support and a lot of the reassurance, um, you know, you have to remind your clients that, um, again, the baby is in charge and you're there to help them um, make the most informed decision that they can as possible. So whether it is, you know, the, the doctors are wheeling the partner down the hall for a cesarean and they're signing papers as they, they walk into the operating room, or it's something different, like do you want, um, you know, a little bit more of the epidural medicine, um, you know, coming back to making the most informed decision and um, controlling as much as you can in that situation is sort of, um, it can be ambiguous. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kristen, this is so great. I think you've given people so much to think about. Um, so I definitely hope that people, you know, give it some thought about using a doula for either birth, you know, or afterwards, just having that help while you're transitioning into, you know, full on motherhood. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, um, I think what, do, I think what doulas provide is really just so wonderful. And I hope everybody, you know, is open-minded um, enough to consider it and do a little research and maybe interview some doulas. Um, so why don't we tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. So um, my website is wholesouldoula.com. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at wholesouldoula. I know it's kind of a mouthful. Um, and I have a Facebook uh, page as well. Um, and I'm also on some of the affiliate sites. So um, my training at Manhattan Birth, you can find me um, through their doula uh, referral service, and then also on the pronatal fitness website as well. Okay, awesome. And I'll make sure I put your contact information in the show notes and everything so people can definitely, um, you know, follow you and reach out to you. But all right, thank you so much for being on the show. And everybody, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Pelvic Matters. And don't forget to tune in again um, for the next episode. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Marina.